Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sensorian Overtaking. It's Shane. As always, I'll be your host. And, you know, I hope you guys have been able to stay sane during the trying times, staying home, staying isolated. I know it's rough, sun's out, weather's getting nicer. I think a lot of us wish this happened in December where it was frigid cold, at least in Canada, where it was relatively cold. And, you know, you wouldn't want to go outside when it's minus 40, but now it's going to be like plus 20 and you're going to want to go out, go for a swim, hang out, get a tan. So the sooner we get a hold on all this, you know, the sooner things like that could happen. So just remember to stay inside, stay safe, only go out for essentials. And I honestly, this is the first time, like I went out Saturday to grab some stuff and it was probably the first time in like a week that I've actually gone out to do something outside of just like a quick walk or something. And there was like a 45 minute wait. It turned out to be only like 30, but it's, it's crazy with how, how people are taking this. And there were people that just didn't understand. And, you know, those are the problem is that, you know, we just need to accept that this, this isn't the new way of life. It's just, the way things are going right now, we can kind of move things along, get the get do what we need to do to get this thing done with, and we'll be fine. So, you know, just remember, stay safe. Let's get this over with and things can go back to normal. On today's episode, obviously, it's another week, another another episode without hockey, without sports, but. There have been some news reports out that the league might be looking at places like North Dakota or, you know, Nevada, Arizona to restart the season where they're playing in one arena and, you know, the the hotels are quarantine where players are literally just going from the hotel to the arena back to the hotel and going from there so I don't know how much of that's true I don't know if that's actually a legitimate possibility I just know it's been one of the the rumors going around but another big news I mean it's not that big there's been two things to come out for for the senators one where the uh one where uh, Suns prospect uh, Bernard Docker is going back for his junior year in North Dakota. And I saw some people being like, oh, he's going to play out his senior year and then he's going to be a free agent and all that. And it's like, you know, there is that possibility. Um, but there's also the possibility that, you know, they were po- like North Dakota was primed for a national championship they were primed to be the best team in the u.s and they feel like their season has been cut and their chance to win was cut so there's nothing wrong with him going back for his junior year with the way the season has ended i think if he would have gone and they would have won he may he may go pro. I think that was the plan, but with the way the season ended, you know, he goes back because he, he's probably not going to play NHL minutes next year, anyways. 
if Lassie Thompson is going is coming over because that's what it sounds like is until further reports it sounds like Lassie Thompson is coming over to North America next year where he's going to be playing top right side minutes in Belleville and what it will allow is him and Pinto more time to work together build that chemistry you know there's still a guy in the draft in Sanderson where Hey, if he falls to, you know, depending on where the Islanders pick is, he might be available. I highly doubt it, but it is a possibility that he's available or Ottawa trades up, uses that the Islanders pick in a second round pick to move up to pick him. Plenty of possibilities. Having Sanderson with Bernard Docker and Pinto, may not be a bad idea for a year. Obviously, if this was his senior year, even with the circumstances that the season ended, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But with the way the se- like junior year, season ended circumstances, I'm not overly worried about it. I would be more concerned if it was a senior year. The other news is Mark Kalestic. Uh I feel like I butchered that name. But he is coming out of the Western Hockey League, and he we signed him um, to a three-year uh, deal, entry level. He we fifth round pick last season, last draft, um, and yeah, fifth round, twenty nineteen. He's five years in the Western Hockey League. He had 68 points in 58 games. He's definitely, you know, your C-level prospect. But, you know, I think he's he's also one of the underrated prospects, I think, on the team because of his position, like because of his draft. And, like, he went through the draft once or twice. He played all five years. Uh, in in the Western Hockey League, his career high is 77 points, and that was the 18-19 season. But he's a character guy, and I think you know if you look at the teams that have won the cup, they're surrounded by character guys, and we're still not going to fill like an, an AHL team next year. We're not. We can't have you know everyone graduating to the NHL level. We need people to to fill in. And I think you'll see him play a prominent role. He's probably going to, kind of like a Baudin, but better, where he'll be up and down, kind of filling in that bottom, like that fourth line center, depending on injury and and who's hurt and whatnot. But he he's a pick, He's a, or he's a signing that's very low risk for the next three years. Like he's going to be, he's most likely going to spend majority of his three years in the American Hockey League with Belleville. He could also be moved. He's one of those prospects that they may deem replaceable. Happens to the best of them. So, again, minor signing. Still kind of important in the, the long run because, you know, he is a draft pick. He's on. It's not like he's undrafted. So, I, I'm okay with it. I think it's a, you know, it's a good deal. Three-year entry-level contract for a guy who is a character guy. He could probably fill in that bottom four. You want that competition, right? But 
outside of that, there's been really no news. You know, I think the season's over for the Senators, even if the NHL were to be like, oh yeah, we're back. You're not going to have these bottom-seeded teams come back and play out 12 meaningless games. Take the standings at the stand. Like, take everyone who is, you know, fighting for a playoff spot, who is in play like legitimate playoff contention, and have them come in and play, you know, round robin, whatever the case may be, to to decide who's in the playoffs, and have you know the bottom ten or, or whoever, wherever you find that threshold, not make the playoffs. And there you go, and then you base your draft lottery off that. I still think the draft lottery is going to be the top five, no matter what. I think you should have the draft lottery sooner rather than later. It will help teams figure out where and when and how to proceed with drafting and and how to proceed for future events. But I don't know. If, if you guys have an idea, I would love to hear from it because personally, I think when I hear, oh, the, these random play-in tournaments, it's like, okay, that's great, but how much does that prove? Does that prove that you're the best team? That takes away everything from your 60 or however many games played. There's also the, you know, why not just cut it off at 68, the teams that have put in who were who were in the playoffs at 68 by point percentage get in there's plenty of things that they can do plenty of things that they should do but they're not going to and it's kind of frustrating but i understand it because they want to make it as fair to the teams that because how much do you want to because there were about 13 games left in the season and you had teams that were fighting for a playoff spot that you know, a couple of wins compared to a couple of losses down the stretch could see them make it. Florida, you know, let's say they go on like a, a six, seven game tear down the stretch. Toronto falters six or seven. You know, they lose five in a row. Florida's in a playoff spot. Toronto's sitting out of the spot, like sitting out of the playoffs. There's so much that could have happened within that, you know, 13 game. 10 to 13 game window, depending on what team you're looking at. You know, Columbus had like 71 games played and they were sitting in a wild card spot, but are sitting just out of a wild card spot. So there was a lot to happen. I think obviously nothing affects the senators. So, you know, if it's just say you take the L and you do the bottom five draft lottery and then you just seed everyone the way they're seated. And there's no issue or you say, screw it. We'll figure out another way, have this play in. And then if you lose the play in, you'll be slotted in respectfully as a way you lose the play in. And then, but, and then how you base it off of when tubes are eliminated. And there's a lot more questions than answers. And every time you find an answer, there's a new question. But for me personally, I would love just for them to get the draft lottery done so we can stop being like, oh, Ottawa has a 25% chance of winning the draft lottery. But we won't know until, you know, possibly August. And there's so many things that could happen. And 
I think for the like for the for the NHL, they they need to come up with something for the draft lottery. They need to come up something to help figure out the draft lottery and to figure it out quickly and effectively to make it fair. Obviously, I think the best solution is just do the bottom five teams based off standings. You know, you can you can estimate their their win percentage. But for for the top ten teams or the bottom ten teams, and list them in that order. Generally, they would be in the same list now. But you would do that, and then you base the lottery off that. And you know, there you go. From ten to one, you have your lottery. That's it. That's all. Or you say, screw it. We're gonna go sixty-eight games. Your record at sixty-eight games. Do the standings that way. You miss the playoffs during the draft lottery. That's it. So it's all going to come down to how they continue the season. But I wish they would just get it over with. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, they want Stencil and Byfield. Go for the two forwards instead of maybe a forward or defense. And I'm about the two forwards. I think it's a good idea. If and like. My thing is is that if they do do the if they do go ahead and do the two forwards, I highly doubt both both of them are going to play for the team next year. We just don't have the roster spots available to them unless we want to sit one of our other prospects. And you know, if we take Stencil, he can go back overseas take Rossi or Byfield, they can go back to junior. There is no need for them to play next season. You know, if you look at who could jump up to the NHL level next season, we have Brown, Norris, Batherson, Abramoff, Formenton. Those are five forwards, you know, and looking at who's on our roster, we have Anisimov, Ryan, White, and Kachuk that are under contract next season. And then we're most likely going to re-sign Connor Brown, Chris Tierney, and uh, Anthony Duclair. You're probably going to see Nick Paul and Rudolph Balsters. So you have nine guys right there. Between Brown, White, or Kachuk, White, Ryan, and Isimov, Connor Brown, Anthony Duclair, Chris Tierney, Nick Paul, Rudolph Balsers. You have nine forwards. So then you have five guys that are NHL, that could be NHL ready. Where are you going to put them? Where And then, so you add in, let's say you add in two forwards, whatever forward combination, but you add in two forwards. So you have seven players battling for... One or for three spots, you know, and yeah, you can make the argument okay, but we don't need Paul, we can let Paul go, we can, which would be a slap in the face to Paul because we've put so much time and energy and patience into him. He's finally turned the corner, and we're just gonna let him walk. That's I'd be insulting, that would look bad on the franchise. Brant Connor Brown has been our most consistent forward Tierney is a guy that the coach seems to like and that if you listen to the reports 
a lot of teams wouldn't mind him as like a third line, fourth line center. Anthony Duclair, you know, put around the right players. He he could be a 35 goal scorer. He was on pace for he was on pace this season for 40. So it's no mat it's not a matter of those guys not being back. It's just in what capacity where we see guys like Batherson, Brown, Norris, Formentin, and then you have to look at guys like Howerluck and uh, Pekka, who, and personally, I like Howerluck. I would I would love to see Howerluck back. I think he's done a lot in his short time to show that he can stick around. So, you know, you can have up to one or two spots because. You know, there's a chance that Sabarin comes back. I don't I don't expect it, but there's a chance. And he'll probably be the 13th forward coming in and out of the lineup, but he probably won't care. But you have anywhere between three to one roster spot available for seven guys. Seven individuals who could make an argument for that roster spot. What are you going to do? You have to, as a fan base, as a fan, you have to look at the full roster makeup before drafting or expecting players to jump into the roster. If we pick one and four, obviously Lafreniere is penciled in as, as our first line left winger, second line left winger, depending, you know, he's probably going to play beside White and... You know, Batherson or Tierney and Batherson or Brown or Batherson. Like, it's probably going to be something like that. I think, you know, DJ liked what he saw early in the year and late in the year with a Brady Kachuk and Bobby Ryan winged kind of lineup where those two were on the same line. And I think we're going to see that. You're probably going to see Colin White get another chance at a center because they only have two centers under NHL contract next year. So you're probably going to see him slot in at that number one or number two center. So, and Tierney and, and Norris and, and all of that kind of slot in. So we're really kind of playing with question mark after question mark on who fits where, how, how long can we keep players here? Because we, we can't have everyone. Right, and I think that's the issue is that we want to like our core really is Kachuk and and Shabbat and whoever we draft, and you know you can make an argument with for White and Brown and Batherson and all these guys, but you know where where do Connor Brown, Anthony Duclair, Chris Tierney, Nick Paul, Rudolph Balsers, where do these guys fit in? If we draft two forwards, it means that there's two forwards going out of our lineup. And if we have, you know, eight top six wingers, that's great. But how do you evenly distribute that playing time? Because you're not going to, you're going to have a forward that if you're playing him 15 minutes, he's not going to produce where he's going to need. 20 plus minutes a night to be productive. And so let's say you're taking 20 minutes 
for player A. Well, that means player C or player D is losing anywhere between three to six minutes a night. And how effective are they? Like how how effective would you know Rudolph Balsers or Connor Brown be or Anthony Duclair be as a bottom six player? Probably not very effective. They're better off as top six or middle six, kind of that second line player, but still hitting 17 to 20 minutes instead of 12 to 15 or less than 12. So, you know, as much as I wanted, as much as I want to hop on this, like draft two forwards, I can, you know, hop them into the NHL next year. One that doesn't fit the Senator's motto it, it doesn't. I would be very surprised if both of them come in. I think you might see one, and that's if that that's if we draft Lafreniere. I think if we don't draft any, if we draft anyone but Lafreniere, I don't say any like they're gonna come to camp. But I highly doubt that they're gonna they're gonna make a push because we already have guys in our system that we need to have a legitimate look at, and this is where problems are gonna lie. When it comes to fans and the way they view this is how the Senators handle it. In my opinion, their best way is just draft who's the best player available, who fits the rebuild, and don't tell fans that you expect them to be in the lineup game one. You know, you have to allow these guys to earn their roster, and you have to allow, you know, these guys, a lot of these guys have put in work this season. So, they are given a chance this camp to earn little roster spots that are available and you know, or you, you accept the fact that you can't keep Connor Brown, Chris Tierney and Anthony Duclair, and you can only accept one or two of them back. So you look at trading two of them and now guess what? You have an extra two roster spots, but do you really want, you know, six or seven, or five to seven first-year NHL players in your lineup when you're expecting to compete. And that there's a fine line. And, you know, we have to worry our back end, too, where, you know, we only have Zeitz have under contract next year. So, obviously, something needs to be done with that on our right side. And, obviously, Branstrom can play the right but he's more comfortable. Well, he's more comfortable on the right. But Smith wants him to to get comfortable and and be better on his like on the left. And you know, there's questions there. But realistically, we only have like three or four roster spots available. Maybe maybe six maximum heading into the into the off season. And you may we won't have the the ability to have everyone play. I think, you know, Abramov deserves a legitimate top six shot. Formentin deserves a legitimate... And that's the thing, is that if we draft a left winger, well, that drops Bolsters and Formentin down the roster pecking because Logan, you know, uh, Nick Paul's a left winger. Anthony Duclair's a left winger. Uh, Rudolph Bolsters is a left winger. So those guys get knocked down. We dropped a center, possibly knocks down Logan Brown, Shane Pinto, 
and Josh Norris, even Gruden in London. So there are players that get knocked down on who we draft. But, you know, so if we draft, let's say, two centers, well, that knocks two centers down, even though they've put in more work. So it's just, this rebuild's great, but we already have the, the prospect capital that we don't need to draft a player who can jump into the lineup next year because we have three or four of them in Belleville already who can jump into the lineup next season. So for fans, I think we need to come and realize that whoever we draft probably won't play in the NHL next season unless some way, somehow Lafreniere gets picked by Ottawa. He's the only one I see being drafted and being given or penciled in as a day one starter. He's the only draft pick I think that could be penciled in as a day one starter. And that's, you know, as much as I like Stencil and Raymond and Rossi and all of them, I just don't see the need to have them in our lineup if we have guys in Belleville that are NHL ready. And that's going to be the question that's going to need to be answered come the draft and come training camp whenever that is. Anyways, guys, I'm going to end the episode. Uh, hopefully you guys liked it. Let me know what you think is going to happen. Let me know who you think Ottawa's going to draft, where you see them fitting in our lineup, and how you think they're going to proceed next season. Uh, again, I'd like to give a, a special a special announce, like, announcement. We all know what happened on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, Colby Cave dealt with a blame, uh, brain bleed. He did not make it. My condolences, thoughts, and prayers are out to his wife and their families in this time of suffering. Uh, I hope we can all respect their privacy, allow them to grieve. They know that the entire hockey community is on their side and support and love towards them and to who Colby was. Um, but yeah, my, my thoughts and condolences out to... Uh, to you know his wife and their families on top of that guys uh you can follow me i'm sorry to end on such a sour note but you can follow me on twitter at shane underscore ryan 97 as well as Centurions overtaking uh i did buy two new jerseys from ben h sports on ebay i'll be dropping his link in on twitter um super great guy super great prices Jerseys are fantastic, authentic Adidas, Reebok. I'll be posting pictures of them when I get them in. Uh, sorry, they're not they're not um, Senators. Uh, they're they're Chicago and Anaheim, but the prices were ridiculous and I couldn't pass up. So I'll be posting pictures. Uh, thank you to my sponsor of the of the episode, Customized Sports. Check them out on customizedsports.com. Use promo code Centurion10 to get 10% off your order. Uh, link to their website is on my Twitter. Give them a look. Give them a follow. They're on Twitter. I uh, hope you guys all have a great day. I will see you or I'll talk to you guys next Monday. I'll be on Twitter. Give us a follow. 
Hope you follow the Hockey Podcast Net. Anyways, hope you have a great one. I hope you all had a wonderful Easter or and or Passover. Uh, sorry, I didn't mention it at the beginning of the episode. I kind of forgot it was a thing. But yes, I hope you all had a wonderful Easter or Passover and have stayed safe, but still were able to spend some time with your family. Have a wonderful one. I will see you guys on Monday.